welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What do you do if you feel that God has singled you out for a special message? Where can you turn if you are seeing ghosts in your house and the rest of the family is not? What action do you take if you have an overwhelming feeling that someone else is in danger? Hello there and welcome to the 327th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And those tough questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So this is an open line show this evening, once again, and we have no guests. So as we go through our emails, uh, please know at any time you can, any time is a good time to call in. Uh, locally or from Canada, the number is 401-766-1240. And the number from anywhere else in the United States is 800-449-1240. Again, locally, 401-766-1240. And anywhere else in the United States, 800-449-1240. But first, it's time again for our weekly paranormal contest. So last week's question was, where would you look for the Yeth Hound? Yes, how? Uh, the answer: the county of Devon in the southwest of England. The Yeth Hound, or Yell Hound, as it's sometimes called, is supposed to be a huge black dog, sometimes reported as headless. I don't know how it says yes or, or no if it's headless. That you might meet in the dark, narrow lanes of Devon or in the woods. Blackness at night is really a big thing in Devon. When I was there, uh, 1989, I was there uh, actually. Uh, on behalf of a magazine looking for the Beast of Exmoor, as it was called, which is actually some sort of mountain lion or puma or, or some sort of cougar that was run uh, was running loose in the... What? Closer. Oh, sorry. My producer's telling me to get closer to the mic. Anyway, this, this particular animal was running loose, and I was doing some research on it, and I don't think I've ever seen a blacker night, except in the Arctic. Even in the Arctic, you've got the snow, has a certain lumin, uh, luminous, luminescent quality, but you go out, and uh, this is um, pretty rural in the, the county of Devon, a lovely, lovely area during the day when you can see it, but at night, total blackness, and when there's no moon especially, uh, just the stars and the occasional... Uh, bell of, uh, of a sheep, uh, lots of sheep. I don't think I've ever seen other sheep. It'll be too soon. But anyway, uh, that's the county of Devon where this creature supposedly lives. Anyway, Adrienne Levesque of Cumberland, Rhode Island was the first to get the right answer. Uh, ben and I plan to be in Devon in September, and if we meet the Yeth Hound, we will certainly convey the fondest regards of Adrienne and the rest of our radio audience. So the question this week is where did the two green children appear in the 12th century and get that right and win a copy of Left at East Gate about the Rendlesham Forest UFO incidents by Larry Warren and Peter Robbins, the guests on one of our recent CBS shows. The phone numbers again this evening, uh, locally or from Canada or really anywhere else, 401-766-1240 or anywhere in the USA, 800-449-1240. Well, you can write to us at paul at behindtheparanormal.com or ben at behindtheparanormal.com, although right now we're not monitoring those, but you can write to us anytime. And now let's get to our stack of emails, which is, of course, the purpose of these open line shows is a half to get through some of these emails that we never seem to approach the, uh, the end of. Uh, let me look at this one. <clears throat> this one is, uh, this came in through Facebook from Michelle Sawyer. Ben, don't yell at me for using her full name because she put it on Facebook, so. And it's just, 
Michelle writes, I have a quick question. I'll let Ben read that. Okay, so her quick question is, uh, what is the camera used for investigations? Uh, I have an Ovulus 2 recorder. Uh, Does it really work? The reason why I'm asking is because I'm watching a show, and they are using this device and can hear entities really clearly. Even the music is clear. If uh, like a band, like if a band was playing, it's a civil war investigation. Thank you. All right. In other words, there's some sort of a device that uh, I guess you might say records or gathers what are known as, as uh, EVPs or electronic voice phenomena. This is a big deal and a big thing among those who are the uh, ghost hunting types. Um, I have my doubts about them, although there are some very interesting ones that even I've captured. I don't put a lot of stock in them. Now, Michelle's question has to do with this particular product, and I, I you know, can't be on the air endorsing or not or or or, or uh, uh, trashing any particular product. However, this one I have heard something about. It is uh, what it does is to take electromagnetic waves, as I understand it. Uh, and electromagnetic waves are, are all around us all the time. Electromagnetic um, <clears throat> um, fields, as I should say. And what it does is to, inter- as I understand, interpret certain waves and turn them into speech in some way. And I, that doesn't sound, I'm no scientist, but that doesn't sound to me to be very reliable. Um, these these devices very often are sold as ghost hunting tools. Ghost hunting being a term that I detest and it's ludicrous. Uh, people should not be out there doing that unless they have uh, serious training in one or another fields. And hobbyists who do it, uh, I just I just can't agree with that. I think it's a serious and very reckless and dangerous mistake to make. All kinds of things can happen. Anyway, that's for another show. But as far as this this device is concerned, Michelle, uh, I don't particularly put much stock in it. Uh, I think when you have um, electromagnetic fields being interpreted, I mean, obviously that 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 that's very subjective uh, by the part of whoever did the programming of the device. And I I don't know. Naturally, it's probably going to give you something that you want to hear because they want to sell the device. Well, that's just uh, something that seems to stand to reason to me. Uh, another thing that comes to mind regarding these electromagnetic voice phenomena is that Phil Imbrogno, occasional guest on the show, uh, whom we know is, has done a lot of research. Uh, he's a, he's a uh, scientist himself, and he's done a lot of research on EVPs and how they work and how they uh, come to us, has determined that it's pretty much AM radio signals that are, are somehow coming in from somewhere or somewhere and are being picked up certainly by certain devices that he had. And my question to him, uh, unfortunately the show ended before he could answer it, was what does that mean? I mean, the guy on the other side of whatever has an AM transmitter? I don't know. but They do seem to be AM signals, which he finds come in on two different levels, which uh, had to do with uh, the, the, the multiverse effect, you know, receiving these things from different uh, alternate or parallel worlds, as some people interpret, including Ben and me. So that's, uh, I really wouldn't trust it, Michelle. Uh, frankly, you can use your own judgment. And, uh, you know, for entertainment, I guess it's fine. See what you come up with. But I wouldn't trust it as any sort of serious research device. That's my opinion. Anyway, uh, here's one from Carolyn in Massachusetts. So Carolyn writes to us, uh, 
Hi, Paul and Ben. I like your show, and you have knowledge not only about the paranormal, but about theology, which is a very rare combination, which brings me to my question. What do you do if you think you are getting a message from God and feel that you should tell people about it? So are we going to take this one, one question at a time, or do you want me to continue? Yeah, we're going to do one question at a time. All right, well, there, a, lot of, a lot of things have come up in research about these events. Uh, what's her name again? Oh, uh, Carolyn. Carolyn, okay. Uh, for example, uh, you go back through the history, particularly of the Roman Catholic uh, Church and its, its spirituality in modern times, and you have a lot of these miracles of Fatima, Lourdes, and a lot of people have speculated, a lot of scientists and particularly psychologists have speculated about temporal lobe experiences. The temporal lobe in the brain is where supposedly uh, spiritual experiences and uh, a lot of the, the more higher-minded events in our mental or spiritual lives occur. That doesn't mean it's not real or that that creates the experience, but that's simply where, where the experience seems to be centered when we are conscious of it. So that that being said, that is maybe the area that is working with you right now if you feel that there's some kind of message from God. Now, the very fact that you write in to ask about it means you're, you're cautious about it and doubting it, and that's a good sign. An awful lot of people say they're getting messages from God to go out and, and do terrible things, and obviously that, in my opinion, is certainly not from God. And you have to have a certain amount of spiritual maturity and a certain amount of common sense in order to deal with these things. But again, you look through the Bible, and, and you got you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Joe Shepherd or, or or Steve the Fisherman, you know, who is not necessarily trained in the uh, maybe in that, like that case uh, Hebrew theology or or, or Jewish uh, uh, traditions is um, receiving messages from God and told to go out and do great things. But you know, that, that's. I mean, God picks whoever he wants, he, she, or them, to uh, to go out and, and, and do things. That seems to be how it works, and it's never expected. It's almost like, why don't the... Uh, well, I'm not even going to bring that up, because it's going to cloud the issue. So I'd say, uh, for your first question, it's a good thing that you are asking questions about the experience, not, not assuming that it's correct. Uh, go ahead, Ben, what's the next section there? Okay, so the next section is, I am truly convinced that this is God or at least some very good and loving power. Uh, there's nothing negative about it. It has come in dreams when and when I am meditating. I'm Jewish and interested in my heritage, but I am not very faithful in practice. I am an ordinary 30-ish woman divorced who works in an office. I do not and have never done drugs. I'm interested in the paranormal from a thinking person's point of view, like you two present it, I'm, but I'm not into the occult, so it's like, why me? And the experience... Uh, uh, let's, let's leave it at that. Okay, that's a good question, you know, why me? It's good that you're not into the occult, so you're not getting this stuff from like Ouija boards or cards or any of that stuff. Uh, that's a good sign. You do meditate, which is usually a good, certainly a good practice from many points of view, including good health, physical health. Uh, it sounds uh, sounds interesting so far, and you are not well. You, you do seem convinced that it is from God or from some loving power, uh, whatever that may be. Okay, so I think in a way, so far so good. But the, you still are seeming to question it, but not question it. What's what's the next section? Okay, this is the last section. The experience of receiving this message is positive, but the message is dark. 
It's not unlike what you two have said many times about the years 2012 to 2016. Uh-oh. That there will be great suffering among nations, and the good people have to try and escape. Well, there it is. Am I nuts or what? Okay. Well, probably no more than we are, Carolyn. Uh, I see, because you are Jewish, uh, I, in that tradition, I didn't, I didn't, I'd forgotten that when I mentioned that, but... Uh, you know, experiences from the Bible, or especially the Old Testament, where uh, unlikely people are chosen to bear the word of God. Uh, the whole idea of prophecy comes up. Prophecy theologically does not mean foretelling the future. It means uh, it means simply speaking the word of God, where you might see it more clearly than other people do. So I really can't answer you one way or the other. I would say what you should do is. Um, Probably, if you're not hooked up with a synagogue right now, uh, go and see a... Uh, uh, I, w- I would take a chance. You know, of all the clergy I have worked with over the many years, I don't know why, but rabbis seem to have... Th- to be the group that has their feet on the ground the most. I've met some very wise and discerning and good-spirited young rabbis in my time of, of many different Jewish varieties because you know, Judaism is not monolithic there's Reformed, Orthodox, and all that sort of thing and uh, I, although I would say uh, you might want to stick more with uh, some of the well not, not, not kids but old, older ones You know, I don't know what they do in the yeshiva whatever they do they seem to be doing it right so I would, uh, I would uh, hook up with and just get their, their uh, opinion on this they have a very sensible approach to paranormal events in my experience um, there is not a big tradition in Judaism that I'm aware of of individual revelations from God this th- there may be a difference here in Carolyn in someone like Jeremiah or Ezekiel who was given the word of God in order to go preach it in order to go tell the king, you know, knock him around a few times and tell him you're doing the wrong thing, as happened in the Old Testament a lot. And the difference between that and just something that, that God is giving you as a particular um, heads up, so to speak, when you refer to Ben and I and our particular opinions on that period in history, uh, we've gone out of our way to assure everyone that it is our opinion by putting two and two together because of our contact with um, the paranormal in our work as paranormal investigators and that contact involves multiversal experiences you, when you're involved in the paranormal and, and have a what I think is a complete and holistic point of view you realize you're dealing with parallel worlds where there are neighbors who have their opinions and other people who experience uh, many of the things that we do here because this, these are not closed worlds. They're not closed off from each other. It's an open system. So when we talk about that, uh, it's from two and two together. You know, God has not revealed anything to us, as far as I know, except the normal in, in the course of one's spiritual life. Now we don't have elders uh, from uh, you know parallel worlds, or, or maybe Ben does. I don't know, but uh, or UFO um, occupants t- giving us secrets about the, the time. No, we, we put two and two together, and we have made no secret about it, as reluctant as we are to talk about it, because we're kind of... Uh, we like to keep our feet on the ground. Yeah, exactly. So um, I would say uh, hook up with a rabbi and, and, and check this out according to the Jewish tradition. I would say that would be a good thing. And just, as always, be aware that anything can happen. 
that uh, good things can happen as well as bad things. That the world is not in the best shape right now, and it is possible that there could be some serious travails coming our way. So, Ben, what's what's your take on this? You basically said everything. I mean... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Yeah. It, it's... I don't know. It's a complicated issue dealing what with... What would you do if you felt you were getting a message from God? Uh, talk to you. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, suppose, uh, you know, we were... You didn't, kids, you didn't, you didn't exist. Thought. I'm Oliver Twist, and I must... Okay, well, um... Uh, uh, well, I probably wouldn't talk to a priest about it. Well, depends what... Di- what uh, Catholic or Orthodox? I don't know. Well, mostly because there's this whole... I probably wouldn't talk to a Catholic priest. I probably... I wouldn't... I wouldn't even know if I knew what Orthodoxy was. I don't know. There's a lot of yeah. what-ifs. There are and a lot of what-ifs. And yeah. a lot of hypotheticals, which probably would never come about. With, with so. priests, the, 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 the Christian churches in general especially the Roman Church, and to some degree the Orthodox Church, have an attitude that they kind of own the spiritual realm, yeah. you know, in a way, and that whenever anybody has, if God speaks to someone in a very special way, eh, you know, maybe, maybe not, you know, and it, which, which is, is not a bad attitude, but they, they would generally kind of discourage all this, and you never know that this could be something very important. I mean, it's, it's really it's a really a minefield. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of what ifs. It, it's just there's really nowhere you can go because our society nowadays doesn't really encourage things like that. Where it's like, oh well, if something like this happens to you, you keep it to yourself. You don't tell anybody. I mean, about this special experience you had or whatever. You just keep it to yourself. And don't don't talk about it. Well, I'll tell Carolyn one thing that is for sure, and it's one of the few things that is for sure in this realm. And you've said it before, Ben. If whatever this is that you feel you're receiving this information from is building you up, building up your ego, then run the other way. Because anything that's divine does not do that. Anything that's divine I said, would see you as part of the whole, not as some kind of special person who is going... Because ego clouds everything. Humility is what clarifies things. So if whatever it is is building you up personally... That I'll, I'll guarantee you is is an error and a mistake. You know, you wouldn't even need to have the rabbi tell you that. No, well, there you go. Well, the thing the thing that that um, bothers me is it's just it's it's hard to describe things like this to people who haven't experienced it. Yeah. Sure. So then you come across as crazy or whatever to these people, and it's like, oh, but it, it's hard to describe spiritual experiences. Well, the closest most. Roman Catholics of the traditional kind would get to contemplative prayer at which you are open to divine influences of this kind is the rosary. Okay? Mm. Um, the closest that most people would get to it too is meditation. You say you receive this in, in meditation, of course, in dreams as well. Well, we can't criticize that because things happen to us in those, in those altered states as well. And it makes you uh, wonder many times, but you know a little experience will tell you that if it builds you up, it, it's it's a problem, it's a mistake. So, um, yeah, keep us posted on. I'm always telling people that a million people keep us posted on things, but um, yeah, let us know. But I'd say go uh, go see a Rabbi on that and uh, check it out and uh, take it a step at a time as as you always should with these things and and cautiously as well. As far as, uh, again, um, I think of last week's show where people were writing and their children are frightened because of 
the idea of the, it's 2012 and they hear the world's supposed to end and the Mayans said this and they didn't say that and they, you know and, and it's uh, I don't know it's a problem as far as what people should really think but as I, as we always say do your daily work uh, you know, pay attention to your responsibilities love your family tell them so and that's that's how I want to be found uh, if anything like that ever happens but anyway uh, we have five minutes to our break so we'll have another question here uh, here is another one about messages. This is from Lindsay J. in New York. Let's see where. So Lindsay writes, well, it could be New York City, uh, whatever. So Lindsay... We're fun of, we have a lot of listeners in New York City. I know. Well, I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying it in a funny voice. So th- thanks for, one, uh, for a one-of-a-kind show, Paul and Ben. But I have a real problem. I'm into meditation. Don't worry. It is completely positive. I, I do not do drugs. I do not even smoke. But when I, medit- when I meditate lately, I get clear messages from people I don't know. And it is not like they're, they are important. First one I got was for a guy named Myers on some street I've never heard of. When I asked about the name in school, one of my friends uh, knew the guy, and he lives in town, but uh, never even heard of the street. I am supposed to tell the guy that he's supposed to find a yellow box in a garage. Uh, what's that about? So do you want to <laughs> say? Do you want me to keep going? Or? Yeah. Okay. So I can, I can barely talk to my parents. So how am I supposed to talk to this guy? I'm a 15 year old girl. He doesn't know. Other messages are also for people I don't know. Uh, one is about a woman's cat having cancer and she doesn't know it. That is uh, one I would like to help. Another one is for some guy who is supposed to fix his front sidewalk. Another is for a kid to go look up, look under a certain tree. And how do you look under a tree? <laughs> like, have you? Christmas tree. Oh yeah. Have you ever had anything like this uh, happen? I guess. Am I crazy? What do I do? Well, I I, I kind of feel sorry for you there, Lindsay. Uh, yes, we have heard of these things. We hear them really all the time. You know, Ben, this reminds me of that guy in the Midwest who had stuff appearing in his living room spontaneously, and his neighbors had come over for a beer and said, yeah, this, hey, that's like, I've been looking for that. How did it get here? They thought he was stealing stuff from Yeah, him. I mean, it wasn't funny to him, obviously, but I mean, and I don't mean to laugh at what Lindsay's going through here, but th- these things do happen. Again, remember, we live in a multiversal creation, in our opinion, and these things will will come to certain people because they're sort of in the right place at the right time and I suppose you can call it an explosion of psychic ability in, in, a, in a classical sense Whoa. I don't even like the term psychic because it's got so much baggage but this, this clearly uh, if this is as you describe it Lindsay certainly uh, something that, that, can be, that can be characterized as a, a sort of psychic ability I suppose these things happen without uh, naturally, without um, whatever power it is in nature, considering the fact that you don't know these people, you know who uh, went through this and might uh, provide an object lesson for you uh, is Sherry Devereaux, uh, the author of the book Shadows on My Ship, the the psychic EMT well, what, of the Phoenix. Thing, the thing that's interesting to me is that the street that the guy said that she said the guy lived on doesn't exist. I don't. I thought it existed, but she. Uh, no, no. Her friend said she. Does, that doesn't exist. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I asked about the Oh, all right. Yeah. 
Okay, well, well, in that case, uh, I don't know if I'd rely on any of this. I thought the friend knew where the guy lived. No, I said she never heard of it. Oh. There you go. All right. See, that, now that well, changes, right, that case, that changes uh, that everything, changes doesn't it? See? Yes, it does, see? Thank yeah, you very see? much. See, little semantics. Yes, what would I do without you? Uh, not much. Well, what we're going to do right now is take a commercial break, and we'll come right back on this subject in just a minute. Hi, I'm Margaret from Musaka. I listen to Memory Lane every Sunday, 1 to 4 on WOON 1240. Tune in to the Memory Lane show. More music from the 50s and 60s. Owen Radio! Owen Worldwide! Owen Worldwide! And we ask you to check out Amazon Kindle. Uh, there are a number of different devices. You can get them at Staples or online at Amazon.com. And they are, of course, e-readers and a number of other things as well. Amazon Kindle Fire, the newest model, came out in November, is only $199, and it allows you not only to download and read books, newspapers, and magazines, but also uh, games, apps, movies, and everything you can think of that uh, would keep you entertained. Certainly, it's a marvelous device, and of course, the Kindle itself, the uh, much cheaper version, it's only $79 or less, uh, will allow you to, to download books and a number of magazines and newspapers as well, reading material. And that seems to be the way of the future. Uh, I can tell you from the inside of the publishing industry, it's really changing everything. So it's uh, it's a great deal. Amazon Kindle and Amazon Kindle Fire. Check it out, Amazon.com, and check it out at, at Staples and a number of other suppliers. You uh, will be very pleased to find out, of course, that it makes a wonderful, wonderful gift at any time. And Mother's Day is coming up, and anybody's mother can learn to use one of these things. It's really simple. So check it out. And, of course, you could get four of my books on the Kindle. Uh, any of the devices, uh, Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, Footsteps in the Attic, Footste- uh, Faces at the Window, and the ubiquitous Rhode Island, A Genial History, co-authored with Glenn Laxton of Channel 12 in Providence, Rhode Island. Wonderful historian. So, there we are. Amazon, Kindle, Fire, and Amazon, Kindle. Okay. So let's get back to our um, show here. You're behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 AM and com, And we're going to continue with our dealing with Lindsay's question, Lindsay from New York, and her issues of receiving messages for people she doesn't know. All right. This is my time, but I... uh, I never even heard of the street. Okay, well, this is the street doesn't exist, but anyway. Well, the thing okay, is... Okay, if you're getting information that you find is false, then forget about it. Uh, but, uh, again, these these things about, you know, the woman's cat having cancer. I just say, see if this continues. And as I was beginning to talk about uh, Sherry Devereaux, the author of the book, uh, the author of the book, um, uh, Shadows, Shadows on, on My Shift. Shift. Right. Uh, she was a an EMT in Phoenix, Arizona. She's known as the, the psychic EMT. And it was not a good position to be in because she'd be off on, on rescue operations and and it, sometimes you get there too late and somebody had passed on or uh, suicide or something awful, a terrible accident. And uh, she would uh, get messages from people to give to their loved ones and she didn't know them from Adam. And she would, it put her in an awful position. And that seems to be what this what this could be, but anyway, she always worked around it by kind of trying to find uh, contacts here and there or opportunities where she could sort of bring things up gently. And uh, very often, it would result in uh, some great comfort for the people who had lost the loved ones. Or uh, sometimes they and this yellow box thing reminds me of 
there was a one time there was something about a green box and it turns out she was able to get the message to the to the loved one and the guy's will was in it and the woman had you know the, the had no idea where that where this document was until uh, sherry happened to pick up the info and pass it on so it's uh, again another minefield as are many things in the paranormal and uh i would say you're not crazy don't worry about it just keep us posted on this. Uh, if information you're receiving is accurate, then let us know. If it's not, then I would say you're probably dealing with something that's less legitimate than you might think. All right, that's best we can do with that one. Uh, here's one from Frank in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, so Frank writes to us, Dear Paul and Ben, I look forward to both your shows every week. Many times I hear you talk about families that have ghost sightings or other paranormal things going on in their ho- in their houses. But a month ago, I started seeing a guy standing at the end of my hall and he was smiling at me. Hard to say his age, but he seemed maybe he he was about 30. He was wearing some kind of dark clothes, but the further you looked down towards his feet, the more you could see through him. He was more solid at his head and shoulders. And I know you say uh, people from other worlds uh, usually can't see us, but this guy knows I'm there because he's uh, smiling at me. I even uh, said hi uh, four times every time he just uh, stands there. I'm 18 and a senior in high school, and I live with my parents and two sisters, and four of them thought I was going was, uh, going crazy when I told them. Uh, they don't believe me. Do I need help? Okay, well, of course, this, this is the main question we get. Do I need help? Am I crazy? Well, I, I don't know, Frank, uh, but I, this is a common story. I would say that if you really are seeing an apparition here, that it will not remain just you. These things do tend to grow in the sense that other members of the family will at least start picking up some of the energies. I don't like the sound of this apparition. Uh, I myself have seen these sort of half apparitions one time was in england in uh in uh where was it uh south devon in the area where uh what dartmoor is dartmoor national park that i've often told ben about this wistman's wood a lovely lovely ancient forest of very stunted oak trees where supposedly there was a lot of druid activity uh, when the romans came and it was uh in that location that i saw a very strange figure uh, couldn't have been all, all, only 30, 40 feet away, and it was looking off in the distance, and it was dressed in these furs, but I couldn't see the bottom of it. It was only the only the top half of it. Very strange. And in any case, uh, that uh, sounds like what you're seeing here. I think that when the thing is uh, sort of smiling at you, uh, remember that nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be. Now I'm sure they're going to. Twenty people can come along and say, "Oh, that's the guy." who used to live in the house, therefore it must be his ghost. You know, these things that people assume must be true because they can't think of any other explanation. Well, I would say you might very well uh, be dealing with something that is not what it appears to be. I would like to know if you have negative feelings in the house, if anything negative is going on, if there is a lot of stress in the family right now. These uh, smiling apparitions can often be no such thing. And, and this, what I'm refer, what I'm suggesting is this: this could be a parasite, uh, what we refer to as a parasite. Uh, other, you know, folklore they are known as uh, demons or evil spirits or all this sort of thing. Well, there's more to it than that, and uh, this could be one of them. I would say, uh, if it, especially if it's if it notices you, 
and if it's you're the only one seeing it, I'd say pay some close attention here, and continue to talk to the family. Be honest with your with your your parents and and your siblings about this because they that will encourage them to do the same. And if especially if it is a parasite, it it will probably grow and they will see it too, at some point or at least feel its presence or hear it. And I wish I could be more encouraging about that, but I'd say that this this situation deserves caution. And uh, I would ask you to, to keep us posted on that as you go. Okay, here's one from Kelsey G. in San Francisco. Okay, so Kelsey writes, Hi, Paul and Ben. Ben, your story of rebellious aliens coming to you for help has been really interesting to me. Can you tell us again how that happened? Do you feel they have been abducted, or do you feel that you have been abducted, or have any alien DNA and the... Uh, and I don't know if you yeah, want to answer that. Well... For not... I don't know. That, 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 uh, that's a little, little extreme there. I don't think I'd say I've ever been abducted because I don't even know if that actually happens. Yeah, yeah, it, we were open on all that, all that stuff. I, yeah, I don't have any memories. Uh, I don't, no, no, I wouldn't say anything about alien DNA. I mean, <laughs> like, we are kind of strange, but I don't know. We are, yes, we are kind of strange, but I don't think alien DNA would, um, quite explain our eccentricities if you will well the whole human race could have alien dna there's yeah the whole human the whole human genome project and there's like the dna by its nature maybe interplanetary i mean if you believe uh, sir fred hoyle the, the astronomer with it so if you believe that then yes <laughs> so so do you <laughs> yeah so we yeah. all we all have alien yeah. dna it's not a closed system well that is a very the whole thing is a very strange story in and of itself which I really do not feel like getting into because uh, I'd like I'd I'd like to say that it's all over and done with and they stop bothering me, but they haven't because every so often if I sleep on my couch in my living room, I still hear that obnoxious tapping on the windows and it just does it just doesn't go away. Which but I was a little doubtful about until until I got uh, photographs of um, three toed very strange footprints under these windows the following day. But the thing is, anyone else who sleeps down there, they have the same problem. Like, it, like they just can't sleep. Like, before we went on our vacation over the summer and my girlfriend slept on the couch, she she didn't sleep. She couldn't sleep. She woke me up at, like, 5. I didn't know that. No, no, she couldn't sleep because she kept hearing, like, voices in her ear, like, just babbling. And she couldn't fall asleep. And she just was, like, she, like, they, like when she was, like, about to fall asleep, she would just wake right up again. Well, I, I don't want to add to the mystery here, but the, the same thing happened to me. I remember I, we were just going off the air, and I was telling you, and this came up. And I was saying this same thing happened to me a few weeks ago, and it was uh, the, the sort of a tapping on the window. Now, now again, you know, we have bushes outside the window, and you, the wind blows, and I mean, but I, I've never known the. the the branches to be that close to tap on them. I mean, it could be anything. I don't pay much attention to this stuff. We live in a very strange place. The house is very peaceful and quiet, and we have a lot of protection, so to speak. But the particular location is fraught with folklore. Uh, the hill, uh, Fairmount Hill in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, uh, where, of course, in our local listening area here, there are a lot of stories about it and a lot of uh, yeah, things have been seen in the woods there, and it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those places. And in New England in general, we have, you know, we're not far from the so-called Bridgewater Triangle and all this business. So the whole planet really is quote-unquote haunted. 
so these things can happen. But as far as um, I guess you do sort of fascinate people when we have talked about those those events. But I, there's really nothing more to report that I can see, unless you have. Well, no, it's it. It's a, it's weird. It's just weird because. Well, I think people want to get behind the experience to what's actually going on. Are there dissident grays? Because the, these, these were reported to me as, as the, the gray kind of beings that are often associated with UFO abductions or, or this sort of thing. And w- which I really don't know what to make of. But the, uh, are there dissident grays who are defecting somewhere else because they don't like what their leaders are doing or what's going on. I mean, here we obviously get into the realm of wild speculation. But uh, but th- this is uh, th- this is the question. So again, really, I, c- I can only tell you here, Kelsey, I mean, who knows? Uh, everybody has their own their own stories, and uh, they do kind of match up here and there, but we're not quite sure where this is going yet. So, and uh, what do we have here? We have a question from Craig in London okay and this gets into some of the things we've been doing on our CBS show about the Rendlesham UFO case alright so Craig writes hi Paul and Ben I think you have done more than any other show has to bring attention to the Rendlesham UFO case and and uh, have been more than fair to many witnesses you've had on Uh, you've had many prominent experts on as well especially when you did the long series of specials two years ago. Was it two years ago? Yeah. Wow, that was Time flies, you're having fun. Uh, I, I suppose. April I suppose. 2010, we started that series. Mm. So, uh, but in all, all that time, nobody has ever been able to notice, or has ever been able to answer the basic question that you two keep asking. Uh, what is really going on, and who is behind it? Instead, the witnesses all seem to be divided into factions, uh, maybe that says more about that. Maybe says that, that maybe that says more than anything about what is really going on. Uh, divide and conquer, and that's yeah. I think that that's a very astute comment there, Craig. Uh, I, I we are back on on that on our CBS shows. We've had several of the prime witnesses who have been with us all through the series, uh, who who seem to be at odds with one another here and there on on certain issues about what happened when. And the, the basics of the case, for those who don't know it, are that in December 1980, th- there, were, there were two NATO air bases in Suffolk, England, right near the coast of the North Sea. And in, in between these two bases was Rendlesham Forest, a very place with a very odd history, a lot of strange things going on. And we're looking into, the, into that now. As far as, you know, as I, as I say, paranormal events are never in isolation, and uh, things uh, usually are connected with one another. There were the sightings of a, a faceless ghost, reminds us of the Reservoir Road thing here in oh, Cumberland, yeah. you know. And um, on three or four nights, depending who you talk to, in 1980, these weird lights were seen in the forest, odd things in the sky, and they're um, all on the Air Force uh, security personnel. Uh, which consisted of many of the witnesses we have on the show today about this, uh, running out into the woods uh, with uh, equipment to try and find out what whether a plane had crashed or what had happened. And the real fly in the ointment with this whole affair was that there were weapon storage facilities on the base and that by treaty between the United States and the United Kingdom, nuclear weapons could not be stored in the, at, at these facilities. However, 
everyone will just about everyone will tell you that they were, and nobody knows for sure. But it would have created a major international incident had this come out. So anyway, you had these strange lights. What was going on? Supposedly, uh, on the fourth, night, third or fourth night, a UFO appeared over the weapon storage area or the WSA and sh- shone beams down into the weapons bunkers, which supposedly deactivated, melted, retargeted, scrambled, or whatever these warheads. This is serious business. If they were retargeted, I've asked everyone, retargeted to where? You know, and if, if they weren't retargeted, what happened? Supposedly, Colonel Halt, uh, Colonel Charles Halt, who has been a guest on the show several times, uh, did not say to us, but w- someone quoted him as saying that that the some of the weapons were stolen by whoever this was. Naturally, the concern was at the height of the Cold War, these were Soviet craft of some kind, but apparently not. And it gets more, that's only the beginning, it gets more and more complicated from there. It has all the earmarks of a cover-up in the sense that the witnesses have been set against one another. Supposedly they were drugged at some point, uh, messed with psychologically in other ways, etc., etc. We really just don't know. And it's I saw this versus I saw that with the witnesses. There is another conference coming up in England at the site in June, the Reynolds Conference 2012, but I understand now that that is in a certain amount of danger. We don't know yet. I'm supposed to be talking with one of the big cheeses on that tonight after the show, and we'll see. But we do refer you to the last two podcasts of our CBS show, which airs on uh, CBS and Four cities on Sunday nights, and of course you can also get uh, the podcast at BehindTheParanormal.com where we've had uh, Larry Warren and uh, Peter Robbins, authors of the book Left at East Gate about the case. And then last night we had uh, the sort of the the other side of the story with uh, Jim Penniston and John Burroughs who have their own uh, opinions on, on many matters and were primary witnesses to this uh, as well. So anyway, this, this it keeps getting complicated and uh, we'll see where it goes, but that's the case that this fellow was referring to. Uh, but it does bear all the earmarks of a cover-up. You know, wh- when I was uh, having intel training myself in the service, you know, y- y- they realized a long time ago you can't keep secrets. What you do is you give uh, inaccurate information from accurate sources, and you leak accurate information from inaccurate sources. You know, yeah, like they, are- they made a joke about that on um, Futurama. Like they, like they went back in time, and there there was something going on at like Area Fifty One. They were doing like the military was like doing like a checklist. Like okay, science scientists, yes. Crazy conspiracy theorists that no one will ever believe. Check. Yeah, it's like yeah, that's exactly you know, and it keeps everybody guessing. And people aren't necessarily displeased by this because, as the old saying goes, everybody loves a mystery. Mm, so, true. so people can keep speculating and having a good time, and you know, the government or if if it is, it, I'm not. I I even go so far as to say that we don't know if this really is the government doing these cover ups. Maybe they're victims too. Who knows what goes on out there? And I, I've never been a conspiracy theorist, but I'm beginning to wonder. Well, I mean, like, look at the state of the country right now. I, I don't think that the the government that's controlling our country could ever be able to organize anything more than a chess game, let alone, yeah. <laughs> let alone yeah. something to that magnitude. Well, you know, having spent the time in the service that I did, I almost have to agree. I mean, it's, it's chaos, and when they do the best they can. But especially now with such a huge apparatus, uh, one finds that, that the Canadian government is much more flexible because it's not as big, uh, you know, having dealt with both governments. And But anyway, it's just uh, who knows? That's the thing. So we'll see where this goes. But that's the case he's talking about uh, in this letter. 
and uh, it's it just the plot thickens as we go. So uh, Ben and I are hoping to uh, hoping to get over there this year, certainly in September, to see the site for ourselves and to do a presentation. Although we certainly can't speak as authoritatively on that case as the witnesses can. However, we'll um, we'll see. Okay, here's here's that subject again. This is from WBB in Springfield, Illinois. I don't know what that is. Attached. What is this? What is the subject? Okay, so yeah, our favorite l- subject. Oh yes, uh, listening to you on Coast to Coast and on your own show, I have been fascinated by your predictions for the period from now until 2016 and after. You insist that you have not received this information from spirit guides, benign aliens, or enlightened masters, but I can remember you giving specific examples of multiverse neighbors you have received them from. Can you give some specific examples? All right. That's a fair enough question. Okay. Well, again, uh, in our work, we don't go out ghost hunting with funny little devices and everything. I mean, we, you know, we, we do a certain amount of that, but we don't look at it the same way. We don't believe that ghosts are spirits of the dead. We don't believe that uh, poltergeists are produced by some kid's mind. Uh, having had 42 years of experience at this, my opinions are very, very different. And Ben has sort of been my uh, apprentice, as it were, and certainly my good right arm now uh, since 2005. And what we find is that we have, in many places, in many cases, overlapping parallel worlds where there are ordinary people living uh, their lives as as we try to do many times uh, it's in a certain place where this person may have died in our world but is still thriving in a parallel world where this exists this idea first came to me in the 1970s when I started reading about quantum physics a sort of uh, fringe but credible area of physics which is now becoming uh, it really is mainstream now which paints a very different picture of the universe we live in uh, than either classic physics does or superstition does. Uh, superstition assumes, you know, the campfire ghost stories that somebody dies, their spirit somehow survives, and you can see them kind of floating through your living room every now and then. Well, that's not good enough. I've never found it to be good enough. So when we're dealing with a multiversal uh, approach to this, things really start to open up, and a lot of things that are not clear to a lot of researchers will become clear. Uh, People say, well, maybe, Paul and Ben, maybe you make it fit. Well, maybe we do, but I I try to think that we're honest and that we approach this in a sensible manner. So, uh, that being said, um, when we encounter neighbors, as I like to call them, from parallel worlds. Sometimes these worlds are very different. They're, they're, they're frightened of us. They think we're ghosts. Uh, sometimes they're in, 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 in realities that where they're aware of their multiversal neighbors um, and this sort of thing. And there are, there are, I suppose, what a psychic might call the, the higher worlds. I mean, they, they, these things are known in, in human folklore, but I don't think people understand quite how they work. Uh, in the higher realms where they are able to help us. And I think this is, of course, where we get our legends of, of angels and things of this kind. Uh, so anyway, there, there's a, these things are known to us, but they're known through the veil of folklore. Uh, anyway, so I think what's happening here is that when we have, uh, we've encountered a number of species who are very concerned about what's happening in the multiversal neighborhood. It's not just us that it affects. Yeah, wherever you go, and George Nury said this to us on the air. He said, wherever, you go, wherever he goes, people are nervous. People are concerned. Something is off kilter somewhere. So th- that's, that's kind of what we were, we're dealing with. And we 
have encountered people who've said, well, when we said that on the air in May and, and Coast to Coast AM, they said, you know, several thousand people wrote in and said, we were getting the same impressions, the same things happening to us. Uh, they didn't quite know how to interpret, like in, they may be meditating or in dreams or in a waking state, and they're just feeling that, that, that they're in touch with uh, benign or neutral beings from were neighbors of ours who were concerned about the 2012 to 2016 period, which apparently will affect a number of neighboring realities or parallel worlds, if you want to put it that way. And what may happen, I tend to think, putting two and two together, that there may be serious uh, problems with a war. Uh, when you look at the facts, uh, we've been really on the edge from a nuclear standpoint since 1945. And the problem, of course, there being that uh, nuclear proliferation, uh, people, you know, countries like Iran are receiving these weapons who think that God is on their side. You know, beware of anybody who thinks that God is on their side. It's a recipe for disaster. And especially when countries think that. Hitler thought God was on his side. Matter of fact, on the belt buckles of every German soldier in World War II was written, uh, God ist mit uns. God is with us. So, anyway, beware of that sort of thing. So, uh, we really uh, do live in a rather dangerous world. Uh, we had a lot of people write in last week, their children are worried about 2012, you know, the, the so-called Mayan prophecies, which we take kind of with a grain of salt. There are many interpretations. It may mean absolutely nothing uh, that the world will, as we know it, will end on December 21st of this year. Well, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, who knows? As I say, best to be prepared by doing what you're supposed to be doing. So, this information, though, we have not, we don't have any special revelation. We're not getting it from aliens or anything like this. This is just hobnobbing with our neighbors. Everybody's concerned. I tend to think, from my own experience, that, that there may be a, a nuclear problem coming up. Uh, I think that it will be very serious, but that's my opinion. I don't know. But again, the thing with the multiverse is that none of this stuff is cast in stone. Uh, everything can be improved and changed by our sticking together. That's the way it seems to work. So all these th- any, anything can be fixed if we put our minds to it. And that, that's my main problem with the psychic and the mediums, the, the way they approach things today. It's all me, me, me. You know, my self-improvement. You know, I'm getting this, this, this message or this. Well, it's not about you. It's about us. And that's the secret. I think that I've discovered in the paranormal, and certainly it's a secret to spirituality. So as long as we're barking up the wrong tree like that, we're going to have problems. So there we are. Ben, any thoughts on that? Well, I have I have many thoughts, yes, but I don't know if they particularly pertain to this. I mean, the whole selfishness, the selfishness, like selfishness, like look at the paranormal just bothers me the most, especially since. Well, our world's gonna end. Well, it's not just us. I mean, it's everybody else. It's like, oh, well, it's my, my world's gonna end. Well, it's like, no, every, everything is affected by this. So, thus it would make sense if multiversal neighbors are concerned and wanna work with other multiversal neighbors to be like, hey. Yeah, when they know they're there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it, this it, all comes across as nuts to a lot of people. But yeah, yeah, we do sound pretty crazy, but. Uh, well, no, when you look back at your own experience, everybody, uh, there are things that. Everybody has their own stories. There are things that will will ring true for you. Very often we present this and people will say, uh, gee, you know, I never understood why this happened to me until I thought about this multiverse thing. You know, or I never understood why this situation was like this until I heard that approach. So 
maybe we're right, maybe we're wrong, but it sure does ha- sure has worked for us in our research, and it's uh, uncovered a lot of interesting things. We've discussed a lot of cases where I've uh, hobnobbed with just people from nearby who were afraid of us because they thought we were ghosts. Because you know, you, you see across these electromagnetic world boundaries, where there seems to be a lot of plasma in there, electrified air molecules, and and you just um, see people, they look maybe whitish or transparent, they look like ghosts, so that, that's the thing. Mm. Okay, well, well, how much time we got, Mr. Producer? Okay, we got three minutes. Okay, so we would encourage you to, uh, if you are interested in that Rendlesham case, to check out the last two podcasts of our CBS show uh, that does air in the Boston area on uh, WBMX um, 101, I, I, I think it's 101.4, but look it up on our website. Uh, but it comes blasting off the prude at 50,000 watts, but you have to have a high-def radio, which uh, supposedly we all have to have within five years, so we're supposed to be pioneers here. I don't feel much like it. But in any case, you can check that out. We will be doing another show on Sunday on that with, uh, again, uh, uh, who, who do we have? We have, uh, of course, Jim Penniston and John Burroughs, two of the prime witnesses, and also British expert in mysticism, Gary Osborne, who was uh, just on the show for a few minutes last time. We're going to have him on for the whole show this time. So it should be quite, quite interesting. And we want to um, stress, too, that you can get over almost 400 podcasts at our website, BehindTheParanormal.com. And they're all free. You can do whatever you want with them except edit them. You can send them to your friends or wrap them up, give them to people for Christmas or whatever. And uh, they have cover all sorts of paranormal subjects, including 16 hours of this Rendlesham case, which seems to get more complicated the more you look into it. So if you have time, you can listen to all 16 well, hours. People have done that. I, I, I love the people who say, oh, well, we, we listen to your podcast at work. A, so what, what kind of boss do you have that who's that, that indulgent that <laughs> you listen to us during the... Anyway, thank you, bosses. Uh, so anyway, many thanks to our producer, of course, Ben himself, who's getting better at it every week, Got this. Uh, running the board here at WON. And we'll see you next Monday, March 19th, right here on WON, 1240 a.m. and com in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. Uh, when Ben and I will welcome back author and UFO expert, Dr. Lynn Kitai, for an update on those mysterious Phoenix Lights. It was supposed to be on a couple weeks ago, but that didn't actually work out. So on our regular CBS Radio Edition on Sunday, March 18th, in Boston, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Seattle, we'll continue our discussions about the deeper implications of the 1980 Rendlesham Forest UFO case. And our guests will be eyewitnesses, retired U.S. Air Force personnel John Burroughs and Jim Penniston. Uh, and, uh, uh, and Gary Osborne, Osborne, as we said. Yeah, yes. yeah okay. So we will leave you this evening with a quote from Ben's good friend, Confucius. Quote, Our our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. So thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time, right here on WON 1240 and on CBS New Sky Radio. Stay with us. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.